0: podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk Luke chapter 19. Now I feel like I've got your attention. Are you in? Are you here this morning to hear what the Lord's got to say to us? So it's an account you'll know really well, Uh, Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. If you remember, cast your minds back, we are on our way to Jerusalem we began the journey with Jesus and his disciples and those then that are tagging along as he makes his way up to Jerusalem. We're thinking forward to Easter. Next Sunday is going to be the triumphal entry, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday. But this week, as we carry on that journey, we think where we've already been, We were on the border, weren't we, between Galilee and Samaria. And we saw those uh, 10 men who had leprosy and Jesus speak into the situation and heal those 10 men. Remember, the one came back and not only received physical healing, but also the spiritual healing. And then, of course, last week, as we continued the journey, and I'm, I'm guessing if you look at a map, it seems to me as though Jesus made his way up sort of the banks of the River Jordan. So on the outskirts, if you like, of Samaria, as he banked around them to come to where we're going to be today in Jericho, which is sort of just off the banks of the River Jordan. Jesus here, in, in last week's account, told those around him the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And he alerted them, if you remember, to what they're pretty certain they're going to experience as they enter Jerusalem. They're going to see the Pharisees lording it over people and they're going to see men and women who have hearts longing to come to the Lord. Hearts that are in a realisation of the position that they are before God, that they are sinners. You remember the the tax collector beat his breast and he couldn't even look up. He knew his position before a holy God, whereas the Pharisee was the complete opposite, so full of his own self-righteousness that he missed the point completely. And Jesus has educated via that, uh, that parable last week. And really, before we even get to Jerusalem, we get to see that teaching play out as we go through this moment as Jesus enters uh, Jericho. We're gonna meet a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. The Bible gives us some um, outline of who this guy was. He's the chief, first of all. He is short, second of all. Just in case you're unsure, in stature, not temper. Maybe temper too, the Bible doesn't tell us. He was also quite fit. And you go, how do you know? He He ran, and he climbed a tree. I've had a go. (laughs) Did not end well. And also, we know that Zacchaeus was Jewish, but of course, as a tax collector, was working for the Roman Empire, so he was a guy, well, he wasn't really well-liked by those around him. Probably had a really big pad, nice big house, you know, fast car, that sort of stuff. Making sure you're listening. (laughs) He was clearly a guy who wouldn't be liked because he'd also gained, as we can see as the scripture unfolds for us, ill-gotten gains. He'd just added the extra tax here and the extra bit on top of there. And if he's the chief of tax collectors, well, he sends out tax collectors and say, look, just tax 1% more today and that 1% comes to me, yeah? So we can sort of get a glimpse of the character that is portrayed in the first instance and of course then the animosity that would surround Zacchaeus because of who he is so let's have a read of these 10 verses in Luke chapter 19 Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who Jesus was but because he was short Told you, didn't I? He could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this. (gasps) And began to mutter. Have you ever muttered? <laughs> no, it's almost nothing. On. Hey, once or twice. He has gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, "Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back." four times the man. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask right now that you would just speak to our hearts, that Father, as we look into your word, that you'd encourage us. Father, you'd speak through me. Father, your word will become clear to us. Father, that we'd understand, that we'd know. And Father, that we'd be willing to have a a heart that's ready to learn and to change. So Father, bless us and encourage us from your word, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So here is our friend Zacchaeus. He, he unfortunately, is a hated man. And he wasn't tall enough to see Jesus coming into, into Jericho. Seems slightly cruel, doesn't it? All this crowd, all this hustle and bustle, Jesus made his way to Jericho on his way up to Jerusalem and this, this guy can't see past people's legs. I, I liken the story, if you think about it, put yourself in the picture, you know, a young child and there's a crowd. If you've ever been to a carnival and the floats are going by, where are the kids? Well, they're usually on mum or dad's shoulders. They're normally carried or they're at the front so they can see. And you can imagine, can't you, because of the animosity that surrounds this little tax collector, that they'd be like, get lost, you're not seeing, no chance. You can imagine, can't you? No, you don't need to see Jesus. He's got nothing to say to you, pal. Just stay out of the way. And Zacchaeus is desperate to see Jesus. He just wants to catch a glimpse. And Zacchaeus decides that actually... He's not going to be deterred one bit. So he has a look around. And he thinks, well, this is the route that Jesus is going to take. So he runs ahead. And he climbs a sycamore fig tree. I told you he was fit. But before we move on from that moment of Zacchaeus running to climb a tree, I wanted to ask us a question this morning. Don't just think, well, there's an account and it is what it is. Before we even get to the, the meat of the story, if you like, look at Zacchaeus's desire to see Jesus. You know, the question for us is how many times have we run to church to make sure that we see Jesus? To hear what he's got to say to us. How many times have we put ourselves out in a situation and gone, I need to put everything aside and I need to climb the tree and I need to listen to Jesus. How, how many times have we decided in our own minds that there's one thing that I need to do today and that is to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. You know, it motivated me as I read the account, I thought, you know, Zacchaeus, a guy who's not liked, a guy who is short, he can't see, but his desire, his enthusiasm, his determination to see Jesus sparked something in me that made me think, you know, I take for granted that I can just come along to church with you beautiful people and enjoy what God's got to say to us, enjoy worshipping together. There's nothing really in the way other than, at times, my lacklustre approach to life, as I guess we're all the same, like, oh, just not this morning, I'm shattered. I could just do with a lie-in. I fancied a duvet day last week, you know, when it had snowed. Hugo shouted, he said, Dad, it snowed. I, <clears throat> and I said to love, duvet day? She went, yes. She didn't even question. She just went, yes. Don't judge us too harshly, okay? We still went to work, all right? <laughs> It was just in the mind, it would have been great. But so often, we don't have obstacles in the way. And the question, I guess, for us is, if something was in the way this morning, would we have still come? Now, I know there's people in here this morning that have also had to overcome all sorts to be here. And the question for us, the challenge for us, is are we willing to run ahead? Are we willing to climb the tree? Are we willing to get that audience with Jesus? I just want to see him. I want to hear what he's got to say. I want to see what the word is going to encourage me with today. I want to to be there to worship him. I want to be in that group. I want to hear what the Lord's got to say. And it's a challenge for us, isn't it? To not be deterred. To make sure that we are on it when it comes to spending time with him. And I think, well, I'd like to be a little bit more like Zacchaeus. And I don't mean in the stealing or his short stature, your little sniggers there. (laughs) But I mean his enthusiasm and his perseverance, his desire to see Jesus. He was not going to be put off. What about our resolve in the moment? There are so many things that can get in the way, aren't there? So many things that stop us from coming to church. So many things that deter us from coming. And so many things that God willing, with his strength, the Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that says, you know what? I'm going to get there. Do you know what? I'm going to be there. Even if I'm late, I'm going to be there. That was just for you, my brother. I know he's been at work, so it's okay. (laughs) But how many things can get in the way? The chores just life, eh? Are we determined to carry on, to step forward, to run ahead and to climb the tree? Time spent with God, as Zacchaeus is about to find out, time spent with Jesus is the most precious time. This is going to change this man's life forever. It's going to completely reposition him and redirect his course. Zacchaeus, he almost had an idea, but had no idea what's about to happen to him. He wanted to see Jesus, but in this moment, as we're going to see, he is going to completely shift and realise that spending time with Jesus was the right approach. Verse five then, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Pause there for a minute. He knows your name. Just let that settle. He knows your name. In this moment, how does Jesus know? Of course he does. He absolutely knows. He knows your name. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Oh, what, a, what an account immediately there. We now get to see the story begin to unfold. Jesus sees him, he knows him by name, but also Jesus knows the intention behind all that he's done. He's prepared his disciples also for this very moment, as we saw last week, as he unlocked the parable. He's prepared them for this, but the crowd were not prepared at all for what was about to happen. They were not prepared at all. As Jesus calls him down for the tree and invites himself to Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus does not hesitate and welcomes Jesus gladly. Now again, put yourself in the account. Zacchaeus is a wealthy man, which means he's probably got a really big house. Which means he's probably got a lot of possessions that show his wealth. What's the first thing that we want to do about the sin in our lives? This is ill-gotten game, remember. What's the first thing that we want to do with the sin in our lives? Hide it. The last thing that I want to be showing is stuff that I know is wrong. I don't want you to see it. You know, I certainly don't want Jesus to see it. The reality is that God knows us. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every word before it comes out of your mouth. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows you completely. And the remarkable thing about that is he still loves you. Even though he knows you. He knows me absolutely completely and he still loves us. And Zacchaeus does not try to hide his ill-gotten gain. On the contrary, His heart says, the first thing I want to do is pour out the stuff that I know is wrong. This is Jesus. I wanted an audience with him. I tried my best to see him and now he's stopped and he has called me by name. The first thing I want to do is deal with the issues in my life. The first thing I want to do is to bring my sin before him. But Zacchaeus stood up then and said to the Lord, verse 8, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. All of the the muttering that's gone on. He's gone to the house of a sinner. Zacchaeus knew full well who he was. He knew that he'd done wrong. And he addresses... Um, Well, let's see who he addresses. Verse 8, I'm not confused. I'm asking you to look. Who does he address? The crowd? The mutterers? The ones that are standing in judgment? No, he addresses the one that matters, doesn't he? He addresses the one who can do something about the sin. He addresses the one who knows him by name. He addresses the one who he's longed to have an audience with. And he says, look, Lord. Now that is the response. That is the response. Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And the the righteous and holy would say, half of your possessions, you should give all of your possessions to the poor. You remember Jesus said, leave everything you have and follow me? Oh, remember though, he owed a lot of money to people that he'd stolen it off. So giving half of his possessions is already a lot greater than the tenth that the law required. But more than that then, he also gives back four times more to those that he's robbed of. Which again, exceeds everything that the law requires him to do. He gives back. He deals with the sin in his life appropriately and according to what Scripture says. But I bet, I bet that there were those in the crowd that went, this Jesus is not for me. Dealing with those sinners... Don't think for a second that those holy and righteous people that Jesus talked about in the parable were going, Oh, now this is, this is honourable. It's good to see this is. No. You see, because if the heart and the mind don't match up with who God is and, and the reality of who we are before a holy God, then we can stand in judgment of all sorts of people because we think that we're in a position to judge. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, I quote it so often, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We are all in the position of being a sinner before a holy God. And because of God's love, because of God's grace and because of his mercy, we're able to know that we are saved, redeemed, set free as we put our faith and our trust in him, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that he has done for us. While we were still, still sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. The man deals with the sin in his life. He presents all that he's done clearly for everybody to see and says, Jesus, I'm going to put this all in front of you because you are the one that matters and you're going to deal with it because that's what you do. Cards on the table, you are the one who can forgive and can change me. And church, the importance for us there is to realise it's not just noise to an audience we're not trying to make the crowd like us we're not trying to get into a position where people go oh look how holy they are look how good they are no it's about our heart before god and it's about my response to him it's about your response to him it's not about wearing it all on our sleeves so that everybody can see how wonderful we are and how we're dealing with this but by the grace of God, amen? But by the grace of God, it's not just noise. Jesus is the one who is able to change a person's heart. And verse nine, Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. And listen, Jesus addresses the crowd, because this man too is a son of Abraham. The crowd, the sharp intake of breath as Jesus wanted to go to his house. The sharp intake of breath that would have ensued now, from those that haven't already walked off, would be like, what? Salvation has come to this tax collector, this sinner. He's been stealing off of us for years. And Jesus walks into town and all of a sudden he's got salvation. How dare he? Imagine the culture, realise what's happening here and also place it into today for us. Jesus can change a life. We're not to judge. We allow God to do that. We allow God to deal with the sin in people's lives. All we can do is present the gospel. Jesus is absolutely fully on mission here. At the end of uh, verse 10, Jesus says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. What was Zacchaeus? He was lost. What were we? Lost. Completely and utterly lost. And Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save you. Jesus knows you by name. He knows you and he still loves you. And even when we come to the Lord and we present everything to him, we don't put him off. He's not like, oh, well, actually, that's a bit too much for the cross. He's never done that. He'll never say that. Church, we've got it on our information, on our leaflets. Jesus is enough. He is enough. He is big enough to deal with the sin in your life. He's been big enough to deal with the sin in my life. He's big enough to deal with it. Aubrey spoke this morning and said, It is finished. We have victory in and through Christ. Salvation then comes to Zacchaeus's heart because his heart was in the right place. Essentially, Zacchaeus has said, I am a sinner, forgive me. The holy and righteous ones, in inverted commas, would have missed all that was happening. And now Zacchaeus, Jesus says, you're a son of Abraham. Jesus is here. Zacchaeus has received salvation and the son of promise is in front of him. The joy of our salvation is that Christ is enough for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. The question is, what about you? Are you here this morning to meet Jesus? Are your intentions this morning to stand at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, look, I'm sorry. I've made mistakes. Please come into my life and change me. Is this our desire this morning? Is this who we want to be? This is who Jesus came to save. The lost. And we have an opportunity to seek him out, he knows us by name, and he loves us enough to deal with the sin. So the challenge is for us, don't delay. Climb down the tree and come to Jesus.
1: It's written in the book of life And on the palm of Jesus' hand to trust in of since